Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Taking Social Stock. Taking Social Stock is hosted by me, Andrew. And me, Heather. This week is part two of our personal finance series. Yeah. Uh, week one, we went over goal setting, smart, smart goals. goals. Yep. And this week, short topic, but it's going to set up for the budgeting topic in two weeks. Yep. This week, we're just talking about gathering up your current financial situation and a couple tools to help you put the numbers onto paper so that way you're ready to build a budget. Paper, computer, whatever you want. Yeah, so we have three different methods. So depending on your comfort level, you know, you can do it pen and paper and Heather will give some tips on that. You could do it through an Excel spreadsheet, which will set you up for budgeting. Or you can use a tool like Intuit's Mint or there's a plethora of them out there. We really would just talk about Mint because we prefer ones that don't have a, a fee attached and aren't constantly trying to sell you something. Yeah, and everything we mentioned today, these are personal preferences. We're not certified financial planners, but these are things that work for us and people can modify them along the way. Yep, so starting out, the whole goal and the whole reason you wanna get your numbers down is there's always hidden things that you pay throughout the month that you don't realize. Yep. Or if you're not watching it, you start spending more and more on different hobbies or stores that you like just because well you have more money to spend (laughs) so you just have done it target target yeah (laughs) and this goes back to something we said in the first episode we sat with families at all income levels and a consistent theme the paycheck to paycheck living exists kind of regardless of what income you make yeah because as your income increases it's very easy to let your spending increase if you're not feeling pain Mm -hmm. totally agree with that i think about several years ago before we finished college we're working in the retail industry and service industry and we're making less than we make now but i think we were better with our money then and better about saving and we've recognized that over the years but it's something we have to be conscientious of and i'm sharing that to say we're not rolling in it now but we have more wiggle room before we feel the pain and we've wanted and sought to become better about saving because jobs aren't guaranteed forever. Health isn't guaranteed forever. And it's good to have the habits of saving and living below your means. Before we finished college, we didn't really save. We were, we were not quite paycheck to paycheck. We had a little money mm-hmm. stashed aside, but definitely not enough to get us through if one of us really lost a job. And then we've done okay. We try to, as our income has increased, to automatically save more like into 401ks or whatever. So that way, if you don't see it hitting your bank account, it's easy to not, it's not as easy to spend it. I'm thinking more from the lane. What stuck out to me is like, we've talked about this so bad about throwing away produce and food where it look, it feel, it makes me feel terrible when that happens and to see it go into the trash. But ultimately, it doesn't hurt me. It doesn't hurt my belly versus several years ago, it would have. We had to be very careful with grocery shopping, for example. Yeah, I remember when we were, before we finished, we were in school, I guess, at the time. I thought, hey, I'll learn to make bread. That's got to be cheaper. <laughs> Quickly learned that at least for me, it was not cheaper. No, but yeah, took a we lot were, of time. We were trying to figure out all the different ways to make the money we had go further. Yep. But yeah, that was the area probably we've let slide the most is what we spend on entertainment and food. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go into the first one because this is something you do on and off. And that is kind of a paper tracking and journaling of what we spend on a monthly basis. Yeah. I do you want me to walk through what I do? 
Sure. Yeah. Just okay. explain what you do and yeah, all that. I like pen and paper a lot. I have my paper planner, paper calendar. I love writing things down, color coding, that kind of thing. So it works for me. But ultimately, it's a really simple system. I have a few different columns when I write down what my spending was. So the first column, I put the date. For me, I like to put the day of the week and the date because I like to track to see when do I spend more money? Is it on the weekends? Now, do I keep up with that consistently? No, but it's something that I, when I write it down, I I go that route because I like to see. Then I will write the category and, or I'm sorry, I'll write, yeah, the category or where it was spent. So I've already said I really like Target. So if it was Target or Aldi, the grocery store, different grocery store, then I'll write a description. Was it household? Was it pets? Things like that. The amount and if there's room, I'll have a section for notes. So maybe it was household, but I, for example, like if it was something random, I would put that there to remind myself like this was a the weird purchase, a one-time thing, or to track if I continue to spend a lot. Like I would say one of our, I'm going to do air quotes frivolous, we enjoy it, is sparkling water. So there was a time where I tracked in the grocery how much sparkling water, how much we were spending on that because it felt a little ridiculous to be spending a lot on water. And I think you're skipping a step here. Okay. Keep your receipts. Keep the receipts. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Keep the receipts. So what I will do is I'll get a receipt. So I always ask if I can to get a paper receipt and I'll go back to Target again. We are not a paid advertiser for them, but... One of the things I like about shopping at Target is they categorize your items for you, grocery, household, that kind of thing. I'll still, uh, other places don't. So I will go through and sometimes code them as a household clothing, groceries, or color code them. But yeah, saving the receipts is key. I put them in like my little notebook and just kind of stack them up until I'm ready to go through them. And yeah. Okay. There any other tools or tips you'd like to give about tracking your finance whenever you're going through these receipts or how you're journaling it? Any other tips? Yeah, I'd say that one of the pitfalls I've fallen into before was maybe it was the middle of a month or three weeks in and I'm like, you know what, I'll just wait till the next month starts so it feels fresh and I can really track. And I found that that is not helpful for me because then I'll forget <laughs> when the new month strikes. Um, so I would say like, just wherever, whatever day of the week it is or time of the month, just start tracking it now. If it's something you want to start, don't get too stressed at first, especially if you forget a receipt or you can't remember everything exactly. It's better to start writing things down and seeing where your money's going. At least some, it doesn't have to be perfect. I agree. And since you keep talking about Target, there was something (laughs) else about Target you shared. Mm. Uh, so their app. Oh, yeah. I really, really like their Target Circle app. Um, It's basically like you can use it for saving things and it tracks your spending too. By category, right? By category, yes. So that's real helpful. Well, the app, I don't know if it tracks it by category, but you can see the specific items you bought per trip. If you lose a receipt, you know, there are a lot of different apps like that, Mm -hmm. but you can a lot of times pull digital receipts. And also, I, I take the stance of whenever I go to Home Depot, as an example, mm-hmm. they always offer, do you want a print or email or both? And I always get both. Mm. I don't always do anything with the email receipt, but I know I'm more likely to lose the paper personally because I don't have a bag. I just have pockets, right? So we'll move into 
another way you can start writing all of this down, and that would be, well, we'll get to that in just a second. There's something that won't come up in your receipt tracking, and that'll be subscriptions. Oh, yeah. So one of the biggest downfalls, and there's a reason that companies do this, people forget about subscriptions. So that's why everyone wants to sign you up for a subscription or seven-day free trial that turns yeah. into a subscription. We just found out I forgot about a subscription today. Yeah. So for yeah. us, normally, we don't look at them all the time, but look through your credit card statements or your bank statements and just see what charges are on there. And if it's something you don't recognize, look into it. Maybe you forgot to cancel a, a trial that you signed up for, like a yoga trial or like a gym membership that you keep meaning to cancel, you just haven't got around to during the pandemic. Which we need to cancel ours. <laughs> exactly. So we speak from experience yeah. on these. I think they're not always large amounts of money, but they add up. You know, we have, if you have a Netflix, you have Disney, and you have Hulu, and then you have Amazon Music or Apple Music, one of those music services. Spotify, yeah. Audible subscription, who knows what else, a yoga subscription. They can add up to hundreds of dollars a month. Yeah. That's just being auto-drafted in little bits and pieces. Yeah. And because it's happening in little bits and pieces, you're hemorrhaging money, but you're not noticing it because it's happening on this state for this one or this state for this one and chips away. Kind of like death by a thousand cuts. Kind of. So that's one area you you would need to look at what all your subscriptions are. Mm -hmm. A second thing to think about are your infrequent bills. Like for us, our trash bill is every three months. Mm. So you want to think about those ones that you made it, maybe didn't pay last month, but you have to pay every couple months. Also think about what your annual taxes are for your property. Any of those infrequent bills are good ones to also gather all of that information up so that way you can start spreading it out and looking at how it's trending each month, which then will lead into the second way you can track your spending or start getting it all on paper. That'll be two different spreadsheets we're going to share in the show notes with links to the Google Drive mm-hmm. if you want to download and use them. One of them is the monthly budgeting planner that I personally use. I more use it for tracking how we're progressing and paying off our debt. And then another one is just a one pager for you to write down where you're spending money, how much you're spending in each of your different categories. So similar to the pen and paper method Heather described, this is just a digital version of that, a workbook where you can put it in. And then you have data you can play with a little easier than you could with pen and paper. What I like about your document is it is, they can modify it. So you've went really detailed intentionally so people can add to it or modify it as they see fit. It's easier to subtract than it is to add sometimes, especially because Excel can be tricky. You're good with it. One of the things I I think that I actually like the best about those documents is I'm a visual person. So when people are inputting their debts or their spending, utilities, stuff like that, there are graphs that automatically are populated. So people who like to see things in a visual space like me, that's covered as well. So I will put a caveat. Okay. If you, cause you can use the spreadsheet directly through Google's uh, spreadsheet drive, whatever it has. Some of the graphs won't work correctly, but if you download it, it should work properly through Excel. If you have an Excel um, account, but The addition here, we'll go into more of this stuff, but this has like a debt snowball, has a lot of different stuff and then a budget tool that you can use. So this could be your all-in-one for visualizing all your financial spending. A lot of the information here too, just to give you tips, if you use the one that's titled budget planner, the cells that are yellow are cells that you'd fill out each month. Mm -hmm. And then cells that are in blue are more your one-time fill out. So you'd- Give an example of the blue. Yeah, like the blue, if you look at the debt snowball page of it, 
you'll, you know, you'll only put in your interest rate and your your starting balance once. And then your balance is going to update each month as you pay it down. So you'll update your current balance, how much you actually paid on the account. And that's a way you can see if, if you have a goal of paying an extra $50 a month towards debt, you can quickly see if you're actually doing that by putting in what you're actually paying versus your minimum payment. So it breaks down a lot of stuff, but for the monthly, uh, different months on here, there's a part to build out budget. Don't worry about that this week unless you wanna work on it. We'll talk about budgeting in two weeks. The actual section is where you're just going to go through and look at your receipts, similar to what Heather said, and then just write down how much you spent in these different categories. You know, if you give money away, that is money out. So you wanna, you wanna track your giving just so you know where your money went each month. Also tax deductions. And yeah, definitely track your charitable giving. Even if you're giving away things like t-shirts, if you get a receipt on that, that is something that could play into your taxes, so. Hey, one thing I wanna mention. Sure. Because I think it'll be helpful is on your snowball, if if people are homeowners, they have a mortgage, you did not include it in the snowball intentionally. Do you wanna share a little bit about that? Well, it's on there, it's a separate line. A lot of people don't include the mortgage into a snowball or into your debt acceleration plan because it's really the last thing you pay off. So it's like once everything else is done, then focus on the mortgage. That is generally solid advice. Mortgages tend to have very low interest rates. They're long-term loans, and you're less likely to have issues. Your bank is more likely to work with you on a mortgage than your credit card vendor or your student loan. We, we had an experience, it's been years, where we missed a payment on a student loan because it came out of deferment. We didn't know it. They immediately sent it to collections. And I don't know if you remember this, we wouldn't have known that right away, except for one of our friends who was an attorney, saw our name on oh, yeah. the docket and said, hey, did you guys know? And we're like, no, we didn't. Oh yeah. So it could have been because we moved a lot at that time. We didn't get the notice in mail, whatever the case would be. That wasn't a great feeling, but yeah. No, and so some of these smaller loans they will act quickly yeah. if you miss a payment. Your mortgage provider is going to work with you. Also, I've even went to collections for forgetting to take library books back. Yeah. So those are a little different than a normal debt. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you don't owe thousands of dollars for library books. Yeah. But another tool, just a way to track down what you're actually spending. You can do it each month. It'll create charts to let you see if you're spending more or less. And your spending will vary by month. You know, your heating bill is going to be more in the winter than it is in the summer. So things will fluctuate mm -hmm. and that's fine. Lastly is a digital tool, something that does a lot of this for you and you get more out of it if you're willing to share information with them like Mint. We're not sponsored. Mint is something Heather's used in the past. It's something I've briefly used, but I do think it's a good resource if you want to use the software and if you feel comfortable using it and providing the information not everyone will, and that's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Yep. They have a, what I like is they have a good app and a good website. The website's a lot more detailed as you might expect, because you have a lot more surface area to look at, but the app is really easy to use. It has some graphs, which again, visual, I really like. What do you like about it? Well, I like the website. The app was tougher for me to get the information I wanted out of it. The best part to me about it is they have a graph that you can look at to see where your spending is going to different categories, which to me is an important part of getting to your budget is to knowing where all your money goes. And if you look at that, it pulls up and it says you're spending 25% of your money at on, I don't know, on debt, you know, okay, you know that's something that if you can clean that up, you have more money for maybe hobbies, whatever you wanna do or saving. Mm -hmm. Similarly, if you look at it and you see you're spending a lot of money 
at a specific retailer and tells you you really need to drill down and look at what you're spending at that store. What are you buying? What's driving that cost? And you can look at it month to month. You can look at it for different time periods. That is my favorite part about Mint. I I think we are both interested in looking at like Mint or budgets or tracking things down for similar but different reasons. Like I really like to track my spending in part because I know that I can spend a little willy-nilly and I know that that makes me not a good steward, not sustainable for like over buying too many groceries that have to go in the garbage because we don't eat them in time. I really like Mint for the thing, the space that I can look to see what did I spend that month and seeing it in their graphs. Like this month, it was a little bit jarring to see the amount of money that I had spent at, you guessed it, Target. It's also a service that gets better the more you use it, just like all of these tools, really. So Mint will really improve as you get two, three, four months down the line with it. So upfront, it's not going to provide you as much utility. Yep as I think maybe a spreadsheet or something like that could, because you won't have as much data to slice and dice with the way that it organizes it. But if you use it on a regular basis, it could really become an empowering tool. I don't know. I'm not for sure yet, but what I'm interested in is using, for me personally, for using Mint and then looking at the the amount spent in each category. And that's something I really like about the app itself is it, has a scroll of big categories. It might be 10 to 15 of the biggies estimating here, but to see at the end of a month, how much are you spending? And I'm interested in putting those into a Google sheet and then creating like a pie chart out of each month's categories to see how it changes over time, just side by side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So that's kind of it. This episode is just about Get your information, get it on paper, because there's two ways to improve your financial position. Make more or spend less. The easiest way to spend less is to first know where your money is being spent so you can then shave off the areas that you need to. Also, you could identify then that, hey, I pay a lot of money on car insurance. It, It tells you the areas to tackle. You could then start shopping your car insurance and prioritizing because you can't, no one's going to be able to do everything at once but start tackling one issue at a time and this will help you identify them. Yeah. Kicking it back to what we started out with with this series was SMART goals. So thinking back to that, in order to reach your goals, those specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound ones, it really helps to know exactly where your money's going because not everybody by any means, but a lot of people, you're spending more than you thought because of the subscriptions that if you canceled the subscription, you might have five to 20 bucks suddenly put to put to one of your smart goals. So really the series is meant to build on each other. So part three budgeting will tie part one and part two together because that's where you will take your goals and your current spending and create a plan for moving forward and making those goals happen. Ooh, growing pains. Yeah. Always a good time to review your budget and make sure it's still lining up with your goals. Do pulse checks. It it feels it feels good. You're you can for sure know you're in the know versus assuming you are. Exactly. Well, that's going to do it for this week. This has been episode twenty of Taking Social Stock. If you have any questions, please email us at takingsocialstock at gmail.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. 